You're listening to The Kelly Cotrera Show. You may have seen the headline over the weekend in the Toronto Star. Cursive is dead. Can the signature be far behind? And basically, experts are saying, no, it's not far behind. And the pandemic is responsible for the acceleration of our widespread adoption of e-signatures. Once again, blame it on the pandemic. Uh, this electronic signature, it's a generic term for electronic information that a person adopts to confirm a record. And it can include signing with a finger. We've all done that before. It's so awkward. Or a stylus. Or typing in and choosing a name from a list of suggested fonts. You can make your own. You can click I agree on the box. Or you can upload your actual signature, which I think is preferable because I think it's going to be sad when we no longer have that illustration of our individuality that is the signature. I mean, you think about some of the most famous signatures. You automatically, you see Picasso's signature, you can see his face. Marilyn Monroe, same deal. Um, Obama's signature was lovely. And, and really, John Hancock, his ha- John Hancock was a flourish. It was just a beautiful thing. And so I think it's sad if we lose the signature because everything's becoming so bland and homogeneous. But over the past two decades, we've seen a near elimination of cursive writing from the school curriculum. And so I want to focus on that because that was the first part of that headline. And the headline was, cursive is dead. Can the signature be far behind? Apparently, cursive handwriting is very good for your brain. Hetty Rusing is a professor emerita at the University of Calgary with a focus on literature and uh, literacy, rather. And she joins the Kelly Cotrera Show. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Kelly. Thanks for being here. Now, I was reading um, an article that was talking about how uh, it's important not only for the speed of writing to learn cursive, but it also helps improve your brain development. Can you tell us what's going on in the brain when you write in cursive? Sure. So when you write cursive, and that uh, I think we need to make clear what we mean, but we're looking for a kind of handwriting that is legible and fluent. When you develop that automaticity and that fluency, and you engage the hand-brain complex, you are laying down the neural circuitry for meaning-making, for remembering, for retrieval. This is really good for studying, um, all those kinds of things. Generating good ideas, you do that all with your hands, and you make meaning of that in the brain. If you're making meaning of that and you're, you know, forming uh, neuro pathways in your brain while you're writing, I've noticed throughout the pandemic and probably years before, because we're spending so much time typing on our gadgets or just at a laptop, I've noticed that my own writing, it's hard to read. Are my pathways breaking down, if that's the case? Do you know? Well, use it or lose it. I would say you need to reinforce, practice, use it all the time, every day. Uh, get yourself a good Moleskin notebook and a nice pen that you like, and uh, every time you have a new idea or a thought or something you want to uh, remember, jot it down, and, and uh, you'll be doing yourself a big favor. This is a cognitive tool that is indispensable. Okay, so are you telling me then when I write in cursive, my um, memory is triggered more than if I write notes on my laptop? Yes. When you're writing notes on your laptop, you are just doing what we call transcribing. Your brain does not make the difference between saying, typing, I love you or I hate you. Your brain only knows your finger hit five uh, 
things on the keyboard, L-O-E-R-E. That's it. The brain doesn't know any different. If you write, I love you or I hate you, your brain is flooding with feel-good drugs and um, all those kinds of good feel-good feelings that are generated both in you and the receiver when you pop that Valentine's Day card coming up in uh, your neighbor's mailbox or your boyfriend, your partner, your mom, whoever. All right. I haven't sent my neighbor a Valentine. That might stir up a lot of issues in the hood. So I'm going to lean off that. But I want to touch on something you just said, because, uh, you know, if you are feeling uh, an emotion and it's very powerful, that must mean that your senses are activated. I understand that many senses are activated when you write and you put your hand uh, and pen to paper. It's it's your sense of sight. It's your sense of hearing because you can hear your pen moving on the paper, whether you notice that or not. Um, it is, it, it's imperative, it's imperative for our dexterity. Can you talk about why learning cursive helps, uh, young people? Oh, for all those reasons that you mentioned, for making meaning, for remember, all those things, social connections, all those good things. And I, I think what we want to make clear is that for young children in grade one to three, we start with a clean, uncluttered italic, something that is easy to teach and learn, easy on the uh, musculature of little fingers, easy on the um, motor to um, motor memory, visual motor memory, and easy on the facial, visual-spatial integration. That's all needed to put it on the page. So the new cursive that you would see, for example, in Finland, in the German part, uh, Swiss, speaking part of Germany, in Australia, New Zealand. It's a lovely, lovely hand that facilitates uh, legibility and fluency going fast through connections that are easy to make in the grade two years, say, let's starting. That's interesting. So this, the cursive looks different than, than the cursive we were taught? Oh, yeah. When we were, or I don't know how old you are, but I'm ancient. We were taught a very embellished um, Zaner Blossom or Danelian type of script that is really, I think people railed against that. that. It was really hard on little kids, hard on the hands, hard on everything. And a lot of kids would just get so frustrated. But a nice, clean, italic hand is much, much easier much easier to uh, teach, learn, and, and get on the page. And now the kids can get past the frustration and focus on why you have handwriting anyway as a tool for all these reasons we've been talking about just now. Do you think it's a mistake that we're taking cursive out of the schools? Of course. Yes, I'm making a big campaign of why cursive needs to make a school come back. And in fact, if you Google that, you'll get a nice article from the Conversation Canada that makes the argument for why this is so important. I think we've misunderstood the value of cursive, but I think evolving research from the cognitive and neurosciences is telling us it's not just a trivial skill. It's a tool for learning and meaning making that we we have to bring back. I listen. I still write myself notes, and I notice that if I write a note, a list, 
It's when I'm, I usually lean to cursive when I'm writing quick lists of things that I want to remember, like packing lists before I go on a vacation. And odds are I don't have to refer to that list very much. I, it, it's retained in my memory and I don't miss anything when I write it on a list uh, on with in cursive. When I write it on my phone, in my notes, I've got to refer to that all the time. Should parents take matters in their own hands now and teach cursive if uh, schools are not? Well, I think there are all kinds of commercial kinds of workbooks and so on. Yes, I think if schools are not doing the job, if, if I were a caring and concerned parent, I would make um, some effort, I think, at um, teaching my child and then making lots of opportunity for authentic and purposeful handwriting opportunities, whether this is writing down a recipe or, uh, I don't know, a thank you note or uh, your homework list or whatever it is that you need, you need this in your life. Okay, so what about the parent right now that's listening, thinking, okay, you admitted you're ancient. I don't even have paper around my house anymore. How am I going to, where is my child going to practically use this later in life? Oh, all the time, all the time. So on uh, writing notes on the calendar on the fridge, reminders, uh, uh, you know, I have lots of paper, lots of notebooks, bound notebooks. So even for children to uh, start at an early age, uh, keeping a few notes to themselves and getting in the habit of using their hands as reminders for all kinds of things. Uh, I get little notes in my mailbox from the kids down the street and they're adorable. These are treasures for me. And as I watch, as they uh, develop good handwriting over time, it's also a tangible piece of evidence that it gets better over time. I want to thank you for your time today. I think you've given us some food for thought, and I uh, I hope people start to write some lists. I hope so, too, Kelly. (laughs) First thing to do, get a pen and get a paper. (laughs) Get yourself pens and papers, and for your kids, too. Thank you Hattie, so much for the invitation. Thanks, Hetty. I really appreciated talking to you. Hetty Rossing is a professor emerita at the University of Calgary with a focus on literacy. I want to open up the phone lines. What priority do you place on cursive writing? You know, you've heard uh, an expert in literacy say that your kids are better off learning it. Well, if they're not learning it in school, are you teaching it at home? Let's talk about cursive. Hey, Sean in Toronto, welcome to the show. I, it's good to have you on. Uh, what priority do you place on cursive in your life? Oh, hi. And, uh, is that for me, Sean? Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, I, I think it's quite important. Um, I don't think it's something that should be removed because of some trivial basis. I'd be very curious about the research behind the triviality of uh, cursive or learning how to uh, sort of write with your uh, thumb and your, uh, well, it's essentially the first digit and the second digit. I mean, these two are quite important to neurodevelopment. Um, they're actually... Um, heavily connected uh, in that sense, our ability to uh, uh, connect uh, brain-hand-eye coordination, um, extremely important in that area. Um, And it goes beyond that. I was just mentioning uh, to the uh, person who was uh, on the phone earlier that, I mean, these are the things that are going to lead you know, towards later in life, if you're working in the medical field and, you know, you're writing notes, uh, you know, charting quickly, um, it's not always that you have a computer that's functioning. Oftentimes, these things uh, will go out, power failures, whatnot, and you'll have mm-hmm. to chart medically. Um, that is not something you want to take out. Um, uh, you know, it's an evolutionary 
background to that. You right. And, coordination- you know, one of the things, Sean, one of the things that you bring up is the fact that you will have to rely on cursive if we have a situation where the power goes out and you have to make sure that information is passed on and not just verbally that you can, you know, refer to the information again, because it's vital information. And in case of uh, the medical field, it could be life-saving information. It's interesting because one of the uh, things that uh, this one article I was reading leans heavily into one of the points is the fact that uh, kids can't read documents that are in cursive if they haven't learned cursive themselves. So imagine if we're not teaching cursive in school, we've got people that are going to be moving up the, uh, the chain and going into medicine that won't even understand what you're writing. Possibly. Yeah. Th- yes. Th- I mean, that is correct. And it- it's it's beyond that. It's the neurodevelopment. So mm-hmm. if you looked up uh, anything in physiology or uh, neurodevelopment, uh, some of the first things you actually determine in, say, a pediatric uh, assessment for a child is the ability to connect the uh, the first digit, which is the thumb, and the second digit, which is, which is the forefinger. And that ability is actually crucial to, uh, to acknowledgement of the, uh, uh, the process of development and um, the milestones. So we're looking at those things specifically and being able to control those things uh, with your mind, with your brain, getting comfortable being able to do that is, is part of developmental screening. So <laughs> I find it very strange that somebody mm-hmm. or whoever, you know, has done this or decided that it's, it's, it's happening all over the place. They're they're not teaching cursive in schools anymore. Well, it's a bit strange because it's almost as though they don't quite understand the physiology behind most of these things and the neurocognitive developments behind most of these things because it's not simply those things that are being removed over the time that I've gone through school, et cetera. I know that mm-hmm. the standard of math and that level uh, has gone down. I know that you know lots of things have dropped out, and it, it it's uh, <laughs> I don't understand the purpose of that because those yeah. things are extremely important to our ability to cognitively and critically analyze things and, um, you know, just be proper functioning people in society. It's, right. it's like someone's not thinking. It. Yeah, yeah go figure. Don't understand it. And it's, uh, I mean, it's, I've got my own, you know, uh, impressions of other things that the school system is doing in terms of, you know, silencing a whole bunch mm-hmm. of uh, discussions on certain aspects of you know, what's right and what's wrong and what can we say and what's sure. not. And, uh, and, and I want to I want to leave it at that because I really want to uh, go to another caller if I could, Sean. Anna Richmond Hill, you actually are a trained Montessori teacher. Uh, how do you feel about cursive? Oh, I think it's extremely important. Um, one of the things that I had to do uh, in my Montessori training was I had to do an essay on a subject and I chose which was better, cursive or printing. And the research, like, it was amazing. I, I was surprised uh, how important cursive writing really is. And so much better for a child to learn. You start pin-pushing with three-year-olds, two-and-a-half, three-year-olds in a Montessori school, and they're, they're already learning how to form the letters. And then when they get into actually holding a pencil and, and then forming the letters themselves, I mean, it's just... It's incredible to watch, and it's so important to so many things. Yeah, um, I, I understand that it actually it is better for kids to learn and easier uh, to learn cursive than printing, and we start with printing. I'm not sure why. Well, you know, the B and the P and the, and the Q and the, the B, B, P, and Q are so confusing in printing because it's a circle and a stick, but which yeah. way do you put the stick? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Whereas you don't have that problem with cursive. 
Sure. It's a lot of repetitive, repetitive motion over and over again, you know, within those lines. And we all remember those notebooks with the, the solid lines and the dotted lines so that we could, you know, do the uppercase and the lowercase. And, yeah. you know, you'd, you'd be frustrated because you'd get your B backwards. It's like, no, 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 that's a D. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. 